Yo! Hello! Hi. Guy. Guy. Welcome Eek. back to a, another episode of Monday Night Hustlers. Uh, episode Jordan plus 13. 13. Um, I know we have a friend that doesn't listen to our podcast, which is unfortunate, but I just Ooh. wanted to make fun of him a little bit. Because he lost yet again in his profession of playing poker to Daniel. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Danny Magzuga. Uh, you know, as good as you think you are. Full name, social security number. Yeah. I, thought that, I thought that had something to do with 13, but... Can uh, I get a wrestling belt? Yeah, Next time, next time you don't see... No, 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 you don't get a wrestling belt for poker, you get a bracelet. You do get a bracelet. We'll get you a bracelet with a bunch of, like, hot dog crusts on it. Um, hot dog crusts? Uh, so 13, what number... Joakim Noah. Okay, for sure, 100%. Dan Marino. Over. Nope, Joakim Noah. Um, He's the best thing that happened to Chicago since... Why does it have to be... Sports. You guys, you get, you say that, but you don't. Do you bring any? Do you bring anything else besides Friday sports? Thirteenth. Oh, no, no. That's not a good one. Because this is Monday. Negative connotation. Give me one stat about Joakim Noah that you know. Stat? He's no, Hawaiian. this guy since he's fucking so on board with he's it. Hawaiian. Is he Hawaiian? He's kind of Hawaiian. I thought his mom's Samoan. His mom's French, right? He's kind of Samoan. Yeah. His dad was a fucking uh, tennis player. Tennis player. Yeah. 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 So yeah, but no. Give me, See, give me give one me. athletic stat about him that you know. He played for the Chicago Bulls. Stat. That's not an athletic stat. Stat. Basketball is an athletic sport. He was part of it. Stat. Dan, if you want to listen to something, or if you want to name off famous numbers plus Jordan that are come after Jordan, you got to come up with that. Besides an athlete, like if you don't want to be an athlete, come up with a, a thirteen. So next week, fourteen. I'll Friday give you, the 13th. Give, give you a heads up. I just came up with it. It's Monday. It's Monday. I'm yeah. glad that we just... <laughs> I, I'm so glad that we just what? completely disregarded what Nick had to say about Joakim Noah and just moved down from it. Just like, yeah, I said stead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we paid no stat. attention because to Because we obviously like, know Nick doesn't know anything. Well, that's, right? that's, that's yeah. what I'm loving about it. And he didn't, I mean, he didn't even realize yeah. it. It was subtle. The, the, the life life is about getting through the stuff that's presented in front of you without... It's you not. Know, it's not that big of a deal, right? Yeah. yeah, your deep thought is big of a deal at this point. It's not that big of a deal. Pickle, pickle. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's pickle. a stat. That's a stat. Uh, Jinx, you owe me a Bentley. How about a dill pickle, bitch? Oh yeah, that'd be great. But uh, Joakim Noah has nothing to do with Mondays either, so he Pretty lives on Mondays. Fridays don't live on Mondays. Yeah. Friday, li- Fridays live. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger only came Three out on Friday and 13. four days after. Yeah, so that's like so a that's away. seven. So if you take that number seven and add six to it, <laughs> that is thirteen. Wow, that's pretty much. But if you uh, keep the thirteen and add a Friday, oh, it's Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We can go all day. All right, let's just highlight what was made for dinner today because we're going to go into tangents about bullshit. Uh, All right, so uh, let's talk about Scott's negativity right now. What do you mean negativity? I don't know, man. You're just like bullshit. What do you mean I was like bullshit? You were the one who was talking about nonsense. No, fight, 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 fight. Kidding. I share my whiskey and I'm the negative Nancy? Tell me what you made for dinner because it's amazing and I'm digesting it. All right, well, I'm going to let you know that I added a little bit of toe jam because Nick's touching me with his fucking foot right now. But no, um, the the uh, ingredients were bison, leek, and garlic powder. Oh shit, what was the leek? It was in the potato salad. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I made uh, pretty much bison burgers with uh, toppings of uh, sauteed mushrooms and onions. 
with a uh, spicy uh, a spicy mayonnaise mm. aioli aioli yeah, yeah. uh, there you go uh, sauce on top of it with uh, pepper jack cheese to uh, to top it all off on the, the bison burger and then I made my own uh, red potato potato salad loaded potato salad it was so good that potato salad was good so we usually get a potato salad from Mariano's called a loaded baked potato salad yeah I try to replicate that yeah pretty much no you did it because I thought it was store bought it was really, so really good no yeah like, but, like the potatoes you made that from scratch made from scratch oh yeah. shit sauce and everything damn so yeah I just used uh, red potatoes uh, boiled them uh, added sour cream mayo uh, red wine vinegar sugar and uh, some other spices to kind did, of make the sauce did you salt the potato water I did not. Man, no, I did not. Uh, I yeah, boiled it, cooled it down, and then added the sauce to it, so it could marinate overnight. And then today, I added celery. Did you do that last night? Yeah, I did. I was up until yeah. uh, midnight making that shit. Uh, yeah, no one mentioned about me soaking uh, chickpeas the night before, huh? <laughs> That's because you asked everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you try to pan that shit on someone else. Yeah. yeah. Fucking uh, Scott didn't text me at uh, 11 p.m. Yeah, hey, give me plugs. Yeah, that's because you guys live here. You have the... You have the the uh, advantage of just cooking at home. I have to transport a box of goods. Oh, oh, oh no! Yeah. You, so challenges. Exactly. Challenges are oh, good no. for you. Do you not have a fucking kitchen at your house? I do, but I was shut the. It was soaking. Uh, but Danny, you knew, you knew, yeah, you knew you had to cook, and then you also knew that you wanted to do falafel. We we even laid it up for you so you can make the falafel I with the ingredients it. we selected. But I don't. So think you had about, all. I don't think about what I have to make for my night house was all week long because I have other things. To you were thinking about this for like a month. Yeah. I was mentioning. Not it, only that, but I didn't look into it. We're still missing the mint. Yeah. Yeah, and not to mention that I did all my shit without asking anyone else to do me anything, any favor, so... Um, you asked about the ingredients over text messages, so boom, there you go. Yeah, I asked for the ingredients to confirm what the fuck I was making. Yeah. So that's exactly, I was confirming if you guys... And yet you still not, <laughs> and yet you still not bring the fucking mint to the table, so shut up. Are chickpeas the same as garbanzo beans? I don't know. Yeah, I think they're... I don't know. But all right, this uh, this podcast is starting off pretty contentious. But uh, let's try to make it a. Can a we mention out. our sponsors before we get started, so everyone knows about who who's sponsoring this podcast? If you want, if you want to keep this a little more contentious, economically, I, not Vivid Seats. They're not a sponsor. So Vivid we're gonna Seats, we're gonna fall into an anger break we, right now. We recently yeah. we recently dropped Vivid Seats as a sponsor because Forever. of the story that Waleed's about to tell. If they if they already give us if they already give us like they're like hey we want to sponsor the podcast we'll give you a billion dollars I'm like no. Yeah, I would murder you and say I'm the CEO. A billion dollars. Uh, hey, if we just watched the algebra happiness, money doesn't make you happy, so no. A billion dollars would. No. Yeah, but paying out my student loans and being able to buy a piece of property would you can You can get other forms of sponsorship, Scott, to this podcast. Well, we, we'd get, we'd yeah, almost we got Mike's first little clone. We would get to the peak of happiness and there's one level of the yeah. One of the, you said, you said paying off your student loans is a billion dollars. One of the investors we're talking to sent us an article. Uh-huh. Of this guy that's playing for the Detroit Lions that said he, that he's three years in, he's like a started making five hundred k a year, or whatever. It's like, what are you most excited about this year, uh, playing in the NFL? You're still like a rookie, whatever, practice squad, making five hundred k a year. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm super excited to pay off my student loans. I <laughs> 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 pay off my student loans. And I replied to this investor, like, see, even NFL players need to pay off that student loan debt. Yeah. Let me know There's if you're There's a cloud that hangs over your fucking head, man. Yeah, it does. Uh, there was that, uh, you remember that guy who who paid off every senior? Yeah, Frank something or other? Yeah, he he's just... paying off the mortgage. Like, the parents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's paying off the mortgage of the parents now. 
mortgage. Not mortgage. Or student, student loans. Student loans, yeah. 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 Oh, that was the mortgage. No, so like, I mean, I'm assuming he got a lot of kickbacks in. Hey, I'm not a student, but I borrowed a hundred thousand dollars from my kid. Why the fuck are their parents still have student loans? It's no, it's because they borrowed for their kids. Oh, okay, okay. Parent plus loans. Got it. That's good. Good on him. Shout I mean, out to him. Um, it's good on him, but I mean, yeah. I, so like we mentioned this when this actually happened on the podcast. I want to see how much better these this group of students yeah you did, performs yeah. long term because yeah. if it if it they perform okay I have, I have I have a quick question a hypothetical question question for you guys um, philanthropy question um, outside of change and you guys being able to sell that for whatever you guys kind of want to if you say let's say some other person uh, unforeseen force gave you uh, half a billion dollars five hundred million dollars. And you had all your actual um, kind of innate needs, desires, your your uh, um, career aspirations were all addressed. Whether it was you had nonprofit organization, an actual business, all taken care for. In your spare time, let's say you only worked a standard forty hour week compared to what you guys kind of do now. Uh, do you think that you actually spend time with a nonprofit organization that you generate for yourself, or you would donate to charity, or you would spend your spare time doing something for the public, um, or is this something that you just kind of be satisfied? Would with? Would change be in a position that it's helping more people? Like, are we are we driving? No, I'm saying I'm saying change? outside of change. Let's say let's say you sold change, but let's say he's some saying if we're super force, rich. Yeah, actually, actually yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah. Well, would you? Works. So like, so because like me and my dad had talked about this before, um, and how like you know obviously a lot of middle class people are capable of sending their kids to private schools or giving them a decent education, but a lot of them fall through the cracks. And he was one of these guys that my dad was mentioned that he would start a program for kind of middle class families that um, fell through the cracks and try to kind of connect with them and, and generate the education or provide the education that need, they need. And I thought it was a kind of a valuable uh, uh, um, non-profit or just a charity kind of uh, aspect to address. But if, if you, it, out of everything that you would want to donate your time, your extra cash, uh, what is, what kind of um, uh, business or, or uh, What's the, what, what I'm looking for here? Subject matter. Philanthropic endeavor. Yeah, yeah. So like, exactly. There you go. Thank you. Um, in order to protect our future economy, I think everyone needs to know how to how to code and how to develop. So I, I definitely have a foot into that um, part of like just our societal growth. No, I really um, appreciate that actually. And it's just like things like that. But talking about like your dad helping middle class and. One of the things that really shocked me when I was in college, I took this family business entrepreneurial class, and they said less than 1% of people from generation to generation jump social classes. So that means less than 1% of people jump from poverty to middle class, less than 1% of people jump from middle class middle to upper class, upper or, class or, whatever. or whatever it is. It's like, it just, like, it's, you just stay you're in your stuck, class yeah, you're stuck because that's all you see. So something I'd want to invest in is like people that are in the classes that need to move up, show them what it's like and put people around them that are inspiring enough for them to know that that's normal. Because that's not normal. That's not normal in everyday life. So it would be almost like uh, 1871, but facilitating more. And even that, just like at the kid level, I don't care, not business, get a job, it's just like, I'm I'm going to surround you with people that are successful 
in life, not just money. It could be like someone that makes no money but is a. But that has to be a specific type of person. person. No, I'm just saying like every every just like put people in these neighborhoods, pay them ten thousand dollars to just walk around in these neighborhoods as a group and then talk about their story. Like to people on the street, wherever it is, or like at school. Well, so I, I maybe I, I agree with your concept about all that because you've always emphasized how the idea of diversity or bringing people of different backgrounds to the table can you know uh, improve the overall uh, mission of the company that you're striving yeah. for. Um, I don't know necessarily so much about bringing people to these neighborhoods. It's or not whatever. even like no, I'm not saying like I'm just saying like you know. But no, 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 school, no. I, so overall, school, like, I, we were in but, grade school. No you, guys, you guys should I mean, Nick, great idea. The logistics of it, like, just, I think the fact, Scott, this is a great topic that you, you brought upon us, and I, I love this. So, you guys don't have to, like, I don't, I don't think, we, we don't the need to, like, nitpick right, at right, right, it. Right, yeah. but to, like, what you're doing, what you're talking about is great, and the fact that there's an idea like that, that might get some, some gears turning in people's heads, so. So, the billionaires listening, yeah. please, start that. Yeah. Daniel, how about you? I think the billionaires do that already. They think they're doing well enough. You just don't see it. Well, I'm not saying that they're not doing it. I'm just saying that's that's something I, that needs I, to be more done by more people. I, I think more middle class people need to think about giving. Yeah. Yeah. Because I truly believe if you don't think giving should be first, you're never going to get it. That's true. What, uh, what's, the, what's the saying in the Bible? Like the, it's easier for someone in poverty to pass through the eye of a needle, or something other. Yeah, giving, give, uh, giving first mentality is. Yeah, it's like a good thing I learned is actually in church is like people make money, they spend money, they pay their bills, they save and then they give. And if you just literally flip that around, is give. Save, pay bills, spend. Okay. It's yeah. like it's like that's the perfect thing. Everyone's just doing it the opposite way. No, in in all honesty, and not to, this is not by any means to, to get political at all. Is I feel like we have lost our humanity as a culture a little bit, or as a society, and then we have because we live in giant cities, we we lose the interpersonal interpersonal relationships that we have, the everyday people that we see, that the charity that we should be giving to people um, kind of goes out the window. It's not, it's not even a monetary... No, no, no. It's just time. So, so, and again, this is not meant to be political. Anybody that has seen the news lately, um, been on Twitter or whatever else, this is not an emphasis on any of that. The, the, the person that... Uh, the, the political beliefs that they have. But there's a guy, um, I don't know his last name. His name happens to be Scott. Um, no. But he, uh, a couple of months ago, went to Baltimore and decided to kind of create a Facebook page to get people together to clean up a portion of Baltimore. They cleaned up a couple tons of trash in a given uh, 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 block radius of, of Baltimore. Was it during that climate protest? No, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't during the climate protest. Because um, um, that same weekend there was a bunch of people on the beaches of Rogers Park cleaning up. Oh, really? yes. No, yeah, this is this was a, a single man uh, that kind of coordinated this whole uh, uh, cleanup effort in Baltimore. 
Um, it was after, unfortunately, a political spat that happened between, I think, the president and a few, Elijah Cummings, who's a, a congressman there, and all this other bullshit. But it, this was more of just an effort for him, that like a, a philanthrop, uh, philanthropic. philanthropic effort that he just wanted to kind of organize. And um, uh, after that, he went back to Baltimore, and then he went to L.A. last week, and now he's planning to go to... I think San Francisco. Is this just a guy picking up trash solo? It's a guy that pretty much who, um, again, he is doing it with the additional guys of like he's a Donald Trump supporter, but it ultimately is a philanthropic kind of effort. Um, Understanding there's like as a community, we can do so much more for each other than relying on the government or government organizations trying to provide for us. And uh, he's going back, he's going to San Francisco, I think. And um, before he even announced his visit, or he mentioned that he was going there, there was a crowd of a couple dozen people that were waiting for him to, to volunteer their time. And I feel like if more people just realize that we are honestly all human beings and that we really want the benefit of each other and uh, the growth of, uh, of our, our communities and the betterment of our communities and, and all that stuff, just put politics aside and not realize... How is this a political thing? At all. Well, so that, that's what I'm saying is it's, it's been framed as a political thing because he is an avid Trump supporter. Is he supposed? Is he trying to like get some kind of political stuff done with this? No, no, he's using the tagline of being a Trump supporter, but ultimately he's like a good person that just wants to benefit the community. And I feel like as people, if we just stop, put all our that bullshit aside, and look at. So we always talk. We've talked about tribes constantly on this pod, not constantly, but many times on this podcast. That you know, um, we always want to focus on our tribe, uh, the couple dozen people that we interact on a daily basis in our lives, and we, whether it's with our business, they make our business better, and we make their lives better based on making our business better, or there are close family members, and we want to invest uh, our emotions and our, our input so that we can make our family better. Um, whatever kind of input that we can have in our close group to essentially create better interpersonal relationships with everybody, um, it makes for a better life for us personally. But when we interact with, when we live in a city of 3 million people or 2 million people or 500,000 people, we walk past people every single day and they just become a number, just a passing face. And we, we lose sight of the fact that they actually are part of the community that we inhabit every single day. And I feel like if, if we can just kind of separate the fact that, yes, we do pass people every single day and, and, and we will never see them again, um, and, and it's, it's just the, the, the innate kind of part of our day, if we understand that we honestly are all a giant community, and we, all, we can kind of, even if it's a dozen people or a half dozen people, if we can make a small difference in the community of a single neighborhood, a couple houses, a couple condominiums, a couple fucking apartment buildings, it, it it has this ripple effect. So okay, that so like that that's a grandiose kind of vision. And like one of the things I, I talked to Ashley about this this weekend is like I just wish I said hello to more people. Like it's like something I was, as yeah, simple as that. I, was, I just remember this. I remember the situation where we were at Benny's. We were getting booze for whatever, and the person in front of us um, was in line with a bunch of boxes of wine, and their the owner walked up. Is like hey. You're uh, entertaining. It's like, oh, we own um, the restaurant down the block, Firehouse. I'm like, okay, like I, I was familiar with the Firehouse. I could have been like, hey, you own the Firehouse? Like, nice to meet you. Like, I could have like 
engage yeah. in some type of conversation. Not that that would benefit be beneficial from a philanthropic perspective, but like just being more friendly with people. And I always bring up this. I always bring up this fact. Yeah, I always I mean, bring up this fact that I was one time walking back to my car from eighteen seven. It was a little later at night, and just a random guy that was wearing like sweatpants and like a, a hoodie walked up. And was like, "Hey man, I really like your shoes." I'm like, "Thanks." And then I remember that for and like that's it. That was the end of the like conversation. Like, have a great day. And it's just like a random guy that says he was mad like, shoes. Yeah, well, it's just like a random comment. So, like, so, I don't remember that forever. So this, didn't happen, nothing. this didn't happen to me, but uh, Chris, uh, Christine was telling me that, um, so she has like a really, uh, like she is the kind of lightning rod of nurses at the, at the nursing home that I work at, uh, in the sense that like she has the heaviest side and people rely on her all the time to kind of uh, um, do most of the work. And she was having a terrible day and where my nursing home is at, there's a, a, a local park. And she said she sat there at the park to give in like 30 minutes of her break. And she was like kind of breaking down emotionally because she was just overwhelmed with work. Uh, was not giving the accolades that she needed and was just not giving the support, kind of resource mm-hmm. speaking. And essentially kind of started crying. And she said a random man in the park came up to her and gave her a rose because he saw her crying. Wow. And she was just like, it was like the, older like, man or? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the age of the guy, but he just saw her upset and walked up with a rose. He, I'm assuming there's a, a gentleman that's trying to sell roses at corners or whatever, but mm. he gave her a rose and she said it was this kind of, uh, like someone gave her, you know, a bunch of shots of espresso and not in the sense that it was just energy, but she realized that like there are good people in this world and recognized that she was kind of in a bad place and, and wanted to lift her spirits. And it was like, if you can just do that every single day to a single person, that, that whole, um, what's the movie with, uh, Helen Hunt and Kevin Spacey and, um, you got mail. No. Um, who's a famous, uh, actor that was in the boy in, uh, Forrest Gump. He played his son. The uh, Sixth Sense kid. Yeah, uh, blanking on his name. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name too. Um, Either way, he was just on. He was, a, a he was, he was just he on was, Fox NFL Sunday uh, this Sunday too. He was in a movie with Helen Hunt called Pay It Forward. Oh, uh, Os- Osgood, Osmond. No. Os- uh, and, and the whole idea is based on that. If you just do a simple, so someone does a simple deed for you, a good deed for you, you are given the responsibility of doing three good deeds for other people. And essentially, it would spread multiplier. It would just multiply throughout the world, and then everybody has been given a good deed and essentially make the world a better place. Um, And on a smaller scale, if you just give somebody a flower, you know, that might be so insignificant to your life, but in a person, for a person like Christine, that made all the world to her, just like preventing her from quitting her job and just kind of wanting to fucking pull her hair out, so... I think, as you said, you know, um, whether it's giving a flower to somebody or saying hello or saying, hey, you look nice in your clothes or open my do- open the door for you or saying God bless you when they sneeze or just giving, you know, some kind of interpersonal uh, attachment to them, you know, we can make a bigger difference in life. And, and something so effortless and it could be done on every given basis every single day and, and I feel like, like I said, when you live in big cities, it's hard. You lose, do, you lose sight of the fact that you live in a tribe, and, the, and but you know, I do feel that uh, there are certain types of people, and 
the only reason this world goes around is because of the differences people have. And Emily, or Rachel's sister's boyfriend's one example, this dude, skateboarder, not going to college, you know, but he's like, he talks to you like he knew you for 10 years, or he knew yeah. you your whole life, and you'll be a complete stranger. And he's so kind, and he's so like, he's just like, anytime I have a conversation with him, he's just like, hey man, like, hey, you know, like, always like wholesome, but like, then there's like those people that are like very very like straight to business fuck you you know this is how it needs to be done and well he'd raise his hand those those pluses and minuses <laughs> of people's <laughs> habits is I think what causes a lot of you know friction in, in this room it's economy. yeah cause like some people might see that approach of like but if know, everyone nice. yeah but if everyone was like you know Donald Trump and said fuck you and then everyone was like Whoa, whoa. This guy saying, hey, whoa. I'm your friend for years. <laughs> well, yeah. If everyone was like on either either side, something would blow up. Did you just compare Waleed to Donald Trump? I didn't. No. <laughs> no, no, and again, uh, I feel like that's we have become so polarized based on the politics and kind of just communication I of... I honestly don't think politics is a big thing. Like, right now, maybe no, we're no, in a big no, city. No, no, so, so, no. Like, I don't think anybody cares about politics. Well, no, so you'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. This guy you talked about... Oh, my Bumble Days Why? So yeah, he's, he's, doing all, he's doing all good and he's doing all this good for people. Why is politics involved? Well, no, so, again, I cannot attest to why politics is involved. I know that, like, he initially started out as a Twitter person that was um, a uh, vocal voice for Donald Trump So he was Twitter. Trump, he got a little famous, and he started picking up garbage. Well, no, so, so no, yeah, so, so it was, no, so, w- so I think a part of it was the idea is that, I don't know how, obviously, you guys have paid enough attention to media and politics that it seems like a lot of people that support Donald Trump are vilified whether they're good people or not it's because they support the president like they are you know uh, they're condemned all the time because of their viewpoints or because they support the president and this guy is trying to emphasize that hey though Donald Trump may be brass and crass and speak out of his ass and I just rhymed three times I Uh, I was going to say bars (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, he may be maybe this person that a lot of people can't get on board with, but a lot of the people that actually support him are good people, and yeah. we are good people because of we want to clean up our communities and do these good things. So right, but I think the problem is that people that that hate people that tr- support Trump hate it because they support someone that doesn't support or is against so many things that they support. Exactly, and and, and, and that's what I'm saying is like that. That's that's where the divide is happening all the time. Is that like hey. Uh, you, uh, a friend of mine may be pro-abortion, and I'm, I'm actually a pro-abortion person, but I may disagree about when we should end pro-abortion, like, we should not allow for abortion. We can have that conversation, or, uh, um, conversations about healthcare, and all these other things, like, yes, there's, we can have difference, difference of opinion, and there's the nuance that comes in between them is what allows us to still be friends, like, hey, we still want the same thing, but we just have different attitudes about how they should be accomplished. Um, and I feel like it's because of the president and how polarizing he is, people have just become... Like, I watched a video today about a girl who was pro-abortion, or pro-anti-abortion, uh, and a woman was talking to her and started yelling at her, 
and said, I can't believe you actually have a biology degree. And the girl started laughing in her face. And, she, and she's like, oh, you're laughing at me? Well, because you're laughing at me, I hope you get held down and raped. Who said that? A person that she was interviewing on, on a college campus. And, like, I feel like that is how polarized our politics and just kind of our day-to-day -day interaction about how we feel about See, things like, in like, Okay, so, like, let's say those things... And I'm not saying that's a kind of... Gen, I'm not saying that's an airbrush so on say, everybody. Let's but say like, those kind of things are happening in real life. Why do we need to watch it in the media? I'm not saying we do, but I'm saying is that is that because social media has become much more of a platform for people to discuss public policy and interact I about... I told you from the beginning, not everyone deserves a microphone. No, and I am full on board with that, but because that is the case now, um, we are exposed to the grim and the terrible and the good and the angelic of our society but it always kind of gets mixed together and we always focus on the negative and unfortunately that's kind of just where we're going and there's no light at the end of the tunnel at this point so um yeah facebook's getting rid of likes they're, they're, they're beta testing it because it leads because because people who um they're they're trying to solve the problem of, of mental health issues that people get from the instant gratification of getting likes on Facebook or Instagram, so Facebook is doing beta Well, yeah, I mean, with, with teenagers, I mean, I gotta admit, I didn't have much validation outside of football, or, or needed much validation outside of football, because that was where I had camaraderie, I was involved with, like, in a group uh, uh, goal. Yeah. So, you know, I'd read the playbook, because I was an undersized guy, I'd read the playbook, know what everyone was doing, and try to do my job to the best of my ability, and obviously, on an individual level, you kind of do your best on your grades based on how valuable you think grades are. Um, but we didn't have Facebook until I was kind of a senior, and even yeah. then it was kind of just this innocuous, just passing MySpace social space. thing. Yeah, MySpace this, this passing thing. Um, but nowadays, they talk about like literally girls, like it's it's Facebook and, and Instagram are, are affecting girls so much that they have like an uptick of everyone, not just know, girls, man. No, no, but it's affecting girls way more in the fact that they have like an uptick of like uh, of like I think it over a dozen percent of teenage girls are committing suicide or trying to commit suicide because of how much social media is affecting their lives. Um, and again, social media can be used for a really good thing, but the Instant gratification, like you said, the likes, the... That's uh, what I was... Uh, that's one of my things that I wanted to say if I had a philanthropic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back into that. Is Dan, to, your turn. Uh, is to invest into mental health. Oh, God damn. Uh, Thank you so much. And, and financial literacy. That's what I feel passionate about. Okay. Because, okay. one, I stress enough, I've uh, become more common to anxiety for no reason, and I'm starting to realize that as I grow older but uh and managing it better but do you have like a way to go about it or just kind of like I mean, meditation but at the same time you just you're like but uh, you need to dedicate yourself to it yeah but like I guess how would you kind of bring awareness to that or like what kind of programs that, do you yeah. do to like spread that awareness to other people I mean that I mean I'd have to really sit down and think about it but uh are increasing more physical outside activities uh, being one great. working out just socializing instead of social media um, is another big one like I like that the, what that guy said on the algebra of happiness mm -hmm. people that sweat what was the thing like people that sweat, sweat more sweat more don't happier. watch more yeah 
Mm-hmm. People who watch, people sweat more, are people less happy. Yeah. People sweat. Um, yeah. Um, you want me to go on, on my philanthropic? Yeah, please. We haven't even touched, the, I think, the subject of the dossier today, so we're, we're, we're doing um, well. I think, Nick, I told you about this before, but like, this is like if I had like unlimited money. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't put a limit on my money. Um, so, we all know that um, about 60 to 70% of our produce comes from Mexico. Um, working conditions aren't the best on the produce farms in Mexico. Mm. One of the most important food groups for humans uh, is produce. produce. Uh, so, I would buy up all those farms. I would force all the kids off of the farms. I would pay all their parents a substantial wage um, to ensure that their kids don't have to work with them. Hire teachers, um, builders to come work and teach those kids and also build around and make it a town. Um, At the same time, I would be losing a ton of money because I would have a ton of costs. Is this Um, concentrated in in specific areas in Mexico? Because it would be easier to accomplish if it was. Um, I mean, there are produce farms all, all throughout Mexico. I mean, Vice has done coverage on it. Um, you know, the issues with labor, uh, child labor and all that stuff. So uh, I would try and buy up all of them as much as I can. Um, I'd take those kids off the farms, educate them. They move on to other, you know, ventures like college. You know, they can do whatever they want. They can learn if they want to learn code. They can learn code. If they want to learn agriculture. Oh, yeah. You take them off the farm, I'll put them in the coding school. Exactly. There you go. I like that. Um, and at the same time, I would keep my costs the same for produce. So, like, I wouldn't upcharge, uh, you know, like, your pack of strawberries so ain't going to be, like, $20. Then you're battling economic theory. How is that, like, going to be possible? Because um, I'm making a smarter workforce. And then, and then again, just wait for it. Wait for it. Uh, Robots to take over. Exactly. In the next 20, 25 years, I would have robotic uh, farms. Can I? Can I? Uh, no, the, the, uh, I mean, I appreciate that, but I don't think it's possible. So, why? I, uh, unless you get autonomous robots that are capable physically in the same aspect that people are. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's within the next decade. Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, it is. I mean, I you can. So, I forget who, I think I was watching, I think. So you can have like Cuban, cotton, cotton so, so mills, like Mark yeah, Cuban's yeah. going on his like uh, Shark Tank promotion route and he's uh-huh. on like Vanity Fair and uh-huh. like GQ answering questions uh-huh. and he talked about a company that invested in that that leases out robots by the hour so you you as a factory buy the robot yeah. you pay the the robot hourly which means uh-huh. you pay the company hourly and you get this employee that doesn't take breaks doesn't get sick doesn't need lunch doesn't need health insurance yeah. You just pay them hourly, yep. same as a laborer. Yeah. And None of those laborers get health insurance at all. Right, whatever it is, but still, pay like, you're, wage. you're paying, yeah, exactly, you're paying minimum wage for this robot that doesn't have all the... I mean, I went to that ProMed supply chain uh, convention. I mean, yeah. they had robots stacking shelves with the correct product in the right place. I wish they were. Okay, yeah, stacking shelves, but then you have to code for when something is ripe, when something is worth picking, when, I mean, it, it is... So yeah, in a way, it's, it's robot slavery. It's, re- it's real easy. It's real easy. I mean, not real easy, but it's, it's definitely... There's people who do it. It's, yeah. it's very possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm not saying that it's not something that's going to happen in the next decade. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if someone really wants to pull the trigger on it, it's the fact that America values their farmers, and when I went to Omaha for, for a work trip, 
and all they talked about were the troops and the farms. Like, they really care about the farmers, and it's been a bad season well, for them well, because no, of the rain. The and, but I'm saying, like, if you can get past... You can probably automate tens of thousands of jobs in America. White collar, blue collar, it's just... White collar, for sure. Yeah, white collar, definitely. Like, my job can easily be... I mean, yeah. it, it, when I was at Kraft, that's why you I got software. Yeah, you yeah. software, and it software. does it for you. Exactly. SAP is going to replace every white collar job in, like, ten years. If, if someone really wants to pull the trigger, yeah. UBI, baby. UBI. Get out of here. Uh, one thing I want to mention about this film topic shit, uh, and that what people also need to focus on, in my opinion, um, everyone has something like, like obviously you wanted to help these farmers because you work in the food industry, you work in supply demand, you know where to get the supplies, and you know what happens there. You Well, and I want to get the kids off the farms. But you know about it. Like, I had no clue. I mean, I've seen, like, Vice documentaries and stuff. But you you watch that because yeah. you're, you're in that business, right? And, like, yeah, a that. lot I of... say that as opposed to I watch the Vice documentaries. Yeah. You have more credibility. A, a lot of a lot of billionaires, a lot of people that are rich, always, like, support something that they were affected. Like, or that they've seen the effect of, at least. And what... what and I, this kind of goes back to, like, middle-class people needing to volunteer and give more of their time and give period is even more importantly is focus on one fucking thing mm-hmm. because I was so annoyed when like I, mean, I have to bring like Rachel sisters into this but that that <coughs> that turtle that had a straw in his nose and all of a sudden this whole epidemic about plastic straws happened and everyone's all mad and like you know like oh my god you're using plastic straws and I only bring Rachel sister up because she like, is giving me shit about using a plastic straw but it's like you find one problem and you, you want to be an advocate for it. Then next week is another problem and you will try to be an advocate for it. Then next week is this problem. And then, you know, by the time you're like in your mid-teens to 20s, you want to do all these different things. Well, half-assing 10 things is... Uh, you're only like, whole-assing five things. Yeah, you're only... You're, you're not even. You're whole-assing like two things. I'm just, I'm just focused on probies here. Nick's focused on coding. You're focused on financial literacy. And yeah, but only great things like like if you look at if you look at the history, uh, anything, wars, technology, inventions, fucking writers, like that's all they did. Like painters painted pictures, writers wrote fucking books. You know, like and that's they also did drugs. Sure. (laughs) No, yeah, I get it. Focus is key. Focus is like. The, the whole multitasking thing was like yeah, a big bullshit. for us in high school. You needed to learn how to multitask. Oh, that's, to make that's it. still on job descriptions. So yeah. You need to be able to multitask. No, no, no. That's yeah. the worst. We're just literally, yeah. They, 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 that's been debunked over and over again. That is yeah. like as a focal point of why you hire somebody. Is just or now it's it's being changed now to like must be able to work in a fast-paced environment. Right. Yeah. Right. That's fine. Like yeah. focusing. Like yeah. they hire you to do, they hire you to do one thing. <laughs> And, like, you got to do that thing, you got to focus, and you got to, like, yeah. resist the multitask. But if you're trying to send emails while, like, building those rapport and, like, doing that, it's never going to work. You Just do the emails first and then do the fucking... You're gonna get 20, yeah, you're going to get 20% of what you can get done done during so, the day. So, see, like, here I am at, like, my, so my job, so I just, I've been at my new company for a month. My last company, I did, like, I wore a ton of different hats. Yeah, some shit might have went by the wayside. But for some reason, I kind of like that a little more than what I'm doing. Tony Hats is good, but that yeah. doesn't mean you're not like you're not 
focus. Yeah. It's just like you're you're doing those things separately, and you have time blocks, and you're uh-huh. you're focusing on yeah. one thing for. And like, I'm focus on one thing, and I'm like, I don't know if I can sustain this for yeah. more than six months. Yeah. Why? Because you're bored, or? Yeah. Got the word. It's like. Every month. Well, I think I think up. any like great employee will do what they need to do and then some. Yeah. Because they find the most efficient way to do it. Yeah. Or they get really they get so good at it to the point where it's nothing. Yeah. And then they start <sighs> taking more responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that they need to, but that's the people that will kind of like get to the next level. I think I think me being back in a bigger company again is like there's that bureaucracy again. It's, it's bigger? Like, yeah, it's a lot, lot bigger. bigger. But you, you also... You, you, yeah, you also have to be able to... Uh, <laughs> realize your value and be able to call the shot when you need to because, like, when I was selling cars, it was years. I asked for years. Oh, when this happens, when that happens, when this happens. Or, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I just realized I'm in the same position the entire time, like... And I was beyond the point, like, streamlined everything, got bored of it, kept doing it, got even easier, it's just like, all right. And then I told him I'm leaving, and then it's like, oh, shit, wait, wait a minute. That's you instilled that FOMO. Yeah. You instilled that FOMO. Just I'm learning a lot about, like, startups, and, like, the fact that one of the things you need to do is you need to instill FOMO in every single thing that you do. Acquiring a customer, FOMO. If they're if they're scared of missing out on something, they're gonna they're gonna act now. Investors instill FOMO. This train's leaving the station. You need to act now. Clients, so uh, now you guys are partners, you're gonna the fear game. You know, fear like yeah, fear of missing out. Yeah. And things like it's it's I know it's a buzzword, but like that's the biggest thing. If they know it's gonna be there in two weeks, let's wait two weeks. Yeah. As a startup, you need it now though. Like like we're moving quick. We need this now. Yeah. Whether it's a customer or an investment or whatever it is. So you have to instill like this, like, hey, this is gonna be around for two weeks. Uh, it's like a sale. It's a sales tactic it's a, in a good way. Like any any sales, you're trying to close them there. Yeah. And like you need to instill a fact like this isn't gonna be here in two weeks if you wait, or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. like that's that's hard to do because you're manufacturing that. It doesn't exist. That's what they always thought. You can never sell. You can never sell a car over the phone, even though you can, but you really can't. Like sell the car, you know. Uh-huh. Even uh-huh. these like Carvana things, like they're they're building FOMO into their software, into their like their their know. flow. I don't, I don't think they're gonna last that long. Really? There's just so many tools out there, and price shopping is gonna be key. So I mean, I guess margins gotta be low and all that shit. So but like I this car, like you say, like hey, this deal is whatever, an extra two hundred fifty bucks off care. if you act today. They take two hundred fifty bucks off their commission. They instill FOMO. No. People people need to see like fifty percent off on a car. Fifty percent off? Like that's that's when they'd be like, Holy shit, I need to buy this car now. My car was yeah, my car's pretty much fifty percent off when I bought it. Well like, you got they gotta clear and stuff out when it doesn't sell. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, like the way I like sold cars is not giving a shit if they buy it or not. Because there are that many options. You can make a decision. There is a great deal down the street, you know? All right, well, what do you want? You know, like, what do you, what's going to make you, you happy? I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's, there's more than just not giving a shit to the sales. 
There's more than not no, giving a shit more, that made you. I think it's more. You emotional. were relatable. You you were clear cut. You gave them the the bad and the good. They trusted but, uh, you. There was no phone. Then they made a position. Then they no made phone. a purchase. Dan, let me ask you this. So I listened to this podcast with uh, Howard Schultz. Do you guys know who he is? He sounds familiar. Starbucks. Oh yeah. Um, so I listened to a podcast he was on. He said, like, when he hires people, like, didn't give a shit about their background or not, not their background, but their their education. He's like, he just wanted to know who they were. You know, how passionate they were about you know what they like to do or what what they did, and so he he would try to gauge and and he would ask himself. Howard would ask himself, does this person like it, love it, or live it? And he would always look for the people who live it. So car sales. Did That's you a like fucking fluff-ass answer, though. That's a fluff-ass answer. Why? You're hiring someone that's going to make you more money. That sounds if he like... loves it, obviously he or she loves it, they most likely will make you more money. He's... That's not the reason. No, no, I mean, but but he's had stories where, like, uh, back in, like, 2008, that whole uh, mortgage crisis, uh, and then um, Starbucks uh, stock was tanking because he stepped on as CEO to go focus on global expansion, came back as CEO, he... He flew. He flew in thirty thousand store managers into New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina to boost their economy, just to retrain them on how, how to make coffee. It was like eight million dollars he had to invest in that. Yeah, after I pay six dollars for That's a cup of coffee, I would do the same thing too. Who loved it, the employees or the CEO? He he tried to obviously yes. Howard tried to bring that onto people like you must love this or live it. So the, the, is live he, it. Is you he, must live it. So is he hiring? Like let's say a barista employee that you know still in college, and they remember, love, they, stock love options, they love coffee more than the COO, and if that the barista loves it and lives it way more than the COO is like, hey, you know what, you live it more, you're COO. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. I mean, like you need some like there's qualifiers for certain levels of positions. Yeah, of course, you need yeah. someone that's p- passionate and isn't gonna leave. So in order to reduce turnover at that level, yeah. you need someone that lo- lives it. And they, and they talk about like all these great benefits. And trust me, they make a great product. I freaking buy it all the time. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're, you're looking at Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's, which is all about volume and price, like, price is very important. Where Starbucks is like, yeah, we're charging more. And then they get all this praise that, like, yeah, they do pay their employees more. And there are benefits. And there's better training. But you also go there and buy a six dollar cup of coffee. Like yeah. it, 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 it all evens out. If you go to uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and you go to J C Penney, there's a whole different experience. There's also a different pay. Right. Do you think yeah. a lot of people are buying that six dollar cup of coffee? I think most people are buying that two dollars seventy one cent cup of coffee or that three dollar forty five cent cup of coffee. Did you see the? Which average? is only a dollar more than the. The, the Dunkin' Donuts competitive. Did you see the average? It uh, does taste better. Well, it a does. dollar more times every day is an extra $360. Oh, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. I, I think they're pricing a little bit above the competition because if they had a $5 cup of cold brew that like some of these smaller chains have, they would not have the volume that they have. They're still price competitive. They're just a little bit less price sensitive, like their products but less price sensitive than a Dunkin' Donuts. Like, the reason I go to Starbucks over Dunkin' Donuts is because I know what I'm going to get at Starbucks. I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to get at Dunkin' Donuts. It could be, like, even if I can I get a, a splash of almond milk, I have I could have, like, three pounds of sugar and, like, half and half up the wazoo that I have to talk with the person about, like, hey, can you fix this? Yeah. As opposed to Starbucks, it, it, it's always consistent. So if Dunkin' Donuts raised their price but added consistency to it, would you turn around and go there anymore? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Really? Yeah, I... I, I 
if, if the, the quality of it was as good and it was consistent, I knew what I was getting, I would pay the same price for that. Yeah, it's, right it's way now. more convenient because there's more drive-throughs. Uh, That's true. Yeah. It's, it, like there's more options. Like if I wanted to get a, you know, a wake-up wrap, I could get that. You can't get that Starbucks for under five bucks. Yeah, was it two for two deal they have? Yeah, whatever it was um, like. Like if the, like I would definitely go there if I knew what I was getting. But sometimes I drink the coffee and it tastes like what coffee filter. Yeah, and it I, just ruins my day. I don't know if you guys ever get the chance, like listen to the podcast. It. it Pretty like it's pretty inspiring. And what I, podcast was it? Uh, your boy A Rod, uh, the Corp. Um, the Corp, the Corp? huh? The Corp, C U O R P. Oh, A Rod. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, he talked about. So he, he didn't he didn't uh, start Starbucks, but he, you know, fell in love with it because he used to work for them as a director of marketing. But then he left because. A Rod. No 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 Howard Schultz. Got into a tiff with the owners, you know, because he wanted them to expand and make Starbucks more like, you know, homey, which is, you know, what it is now. Um, so he left, started his own thing, but then the, the founders of Starbucks were like, hey, we're selling. Do you want to, do you want to buy? He didn't have the money. Um, so his wife, who's eight months pregnant, he's got no money and he's trying to gather up all this money so he can buy Starbucks. Yeah. Um... His in-laws come to visit. His father-in-law takes him on a walk. He's like, hey, my daughter's eight months pregnant. You need to find a job. Fuck this coffee shit. All right? You need to support my daughter and our future grand- grandchild. <laughs> and then he's, he's laying in bed at night with his wa- eight-month pregnant wife. And, you know, she knows something's wrong with him. And she goes, what, what's happening? What, and then he told her the conversation he had with her father. And she goes, fuck that. Go after Starbucks. But, nice. Uh, yeah crazy like that like still married yes yeah they're still married um so yeah he ended up uh so and then two another good story which he's, he's never told he's only told like two people the story i guess um could be lying but whatever it was again great uh investors he was going to to get the money to buy starbucks one of the investors tried to cut him out and just go straight to starbucks and, and buy it from them not including howard and um the founders of Starbucks told Howard that and he took, he started going like bananas and then he th- was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to a lawyer. You know who the lawyer he went to? Um, Bill Gates Sr., Bill Gates' father. Uh, so uh, Bill Gates Sr., I guess, went, t- he's like, he said, come on, we're gonna go take a walk or like go to that investors, go straight to his office he's, and tells those investors like, you're not taking this fucking uh, investment away from, Starbucks away from him, so you need to back the fuck down. And he got, Howard ended up getting all the money he needed to invest in Starbucks, and then he got it, and then boom, turned it into a fucking giant. Crazy. And this is just like a little coffee shop. Starbucks was like three or four stores. Yeah. Um, and then so he was working as director of marketing. He did a, a he went on a business trip to Milan and Italy. Four Starbucks. Yeah, four Starbucks when he so was. So he like, was an employee that bought it. Uh, well, no. So he went to Milan, Italy, saw all these special shops, and was like, "This has got to, This is a new way. We have to, you know, create the experience of the coffee shop. We need to remodel all of our uh, all of our three or four Starbucks stores because yeah. that is how you bring in more revenue. Because you keep people there, people have their meetings there, blah blah blah. The founders of Starbucks were like, no, we don't want to do that. So he said, "All right, fuck it." He went and started his own chain. His own chain wasn't really doing that well, and then he had the opportunity for uh, to buy Starbucks because the the founders were just like. Uh, we want to sell this and you know and so he's he, move on to the next yeah 
So he was he had his own little chain, but his chain wasn't working out so well. And then for some reason he bought the Starbucks name and it blew up. All the way up. Yeah, it's crazy. And then I mean now he's completely like off of just the stories he told him. But like you know again, bringing in thirty thousand store managers to to New Orleans right after you know the mortgage crisis and then Hurricane Katrina and then you know him moving in different roles, step, like stepping down from. Um, CEO and, and moving on to different parts just to grow the business elsewhere like worldwide and now he's like he's he uh his last thing before he left was the groceries and then opening up one in Chicago I think if it's not open it's gonna be open soon but yeah he was like adamant he's like hey Rod like you're in Seattle for a couple of days you gotta take your daughters to roast to the roastery you have to he was like he's like it's the only building in Chicago yeah, yeah. he's like eight of them down the road yeah and uh, he, the way he told that story was he brought all of his creatives over to his house. As, I mean, I, I'm just going to repeat him verbatim because it was, a great, it was a great podcast. It inspired me for some reason. Yeah. But he brought all of his creatives over to his house. He's like, we're going to watch the movie. That movie he put on was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> and his, you know, his employees were like, what the fuck is this? What, what yeah, are you doing? He's going crazy. Yeah. So after the, the movie was over, then he, like, he had like, these drawings and he smashed <coughs> up and he just like, this is what I want. And this, this Willy Wonka of, of coffee factory, so that's his thing now, his wave. Um, but oh, and then what we're doing here is kind of similar to what he does with his ex- executives starting every day uh, with the food for us, coffee for them. Every day he's got his uh, senior leadership meeting. Uh, one person has to uh, prepare the coffee. Um, and then explain how they prepared it in detail, the the taste, the flavors, uh, everything that, go, uh, that that's coming from the coffee, the aromas, all that. And you have, and that person has to explain it to the, the group. Um, and that was like the first exercise they would do before they start their senior leadership meeting. Uh, so that's kind of like what we do Monday Night Hustlers. We, someone prepares food. I don't do a good job of selling. Executive meeting. Yeah, I don't. I don't do a very good job of selling, which. I my next I'm actually supposed to cook next week, but I'm not gonna be here. But you're not gonna be here. No, I'm gonna be here. So yeah, this guy's gonna be solo. Yeah, he's uh, gonna get a hungry man dinner. Hot pocket. <laughs> yeah, hot pocket. Yeah. Yes, got your your meal next. So next week, hot pockets. Hot pocket. Yeah. You say hi. You say pockets. I say microwave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So that was that whole pretty much uh interview. You can listen to it. It's called the Corp. Uh, with Alex Rodriguez, it was, I don't know, it just, man, inspired the fuck out of me. Not a lot of things move me now, like, these days, it's very few, uh, but that kind of moved me. So, yeah, that was, uh, kind of a backstory of Starbucks. That's cool. We, should have, we should have him on the podcast. Howard? Yeah, yeah. I'll call him up. Yeah. We'll do it at the roastery. Grand opening. I don't know if, I, actually, I don't know if it's open yet. Uh, I'm starting to get, oh. Okay, we'll uh, take a break, an anchor break, um, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, yo, back from our anchor break. Um, we lost one. Yeah, we lost one. R.I.P. Scott. Scott's out for the count. Yeah, it's okay. Giving him a poke. Um, still breathing. So. I got a question, Nick. Yeah. Maybe you can answer this. Dan, you can probably, you can answer this too. Um, consultants. What have like what's their purpose I feel like they're uh, a, like a trillion dollar business for no reason whatsoever 
Consultants are recent college graduates. They make forty thousand dollars. Forty. In salary. That's it. But they work one hundred twenty hours, so they make one hundred twenty thousand dollars on paper. Ah, got but it. Really, they're getting paid a forty thousand dollars salary. Got it. To tell businesses what to do. Yeah. Because businesses it's, that have all of this bureaucracy do not have an outsider view of what's happening. Yeah, paying for an outside perspective. Yeah. So like a That's personal wild. trainer, a personal trainer. Yeah. They're a personal trainer for businesses. Okay. So hey, lift this weight. Okay. Don't eat. And that. then and then <laughs> and then tomorrow you be like, I'm not gonna lift that weight unless someone tells me to lift the weight. Like, hey, lift this weight. All right, I'll do it now. And then eventually you'll become a more fit person if you listen to your personal trainer or consultant. That was a great explanation. I, I, I literally was just thinking in my head. I was like, I, I'm like against consultants because it's yeah, it's that lack of leadership that can't see outside the box. But yeah. Well, I mean, even Starbucks, Starbucks, even Howard. I'm sure he's had consultants in in the in the in the firm and company looking at what they do. They're a necessary evil. They're needed. Um, But I've I've lost respect for consultants. Not to offend any of my consultant friends, but when I met a partner from a consultant firm uh-huh. and he told me the day-to-day of what a consultant does, that he was going out, drinking, doing drugs, cheating on his wife, his third wife, uh, doing it's all just these the different person. things. I know, so yeah. I'm just, I, I'm, I just said, this is the guy that ruined it for me. So, like, he was doing all of these things and he was a well-put-together person. I'm like... This guy, if I saw him walking on the street, I, I would think he has his shit together, but he has absolutely nothing together. So I'm like, that's a consultant. But he can, but he can sit around and tell businesses how to make like billion right. dollar moves. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He may be a, he may have the brain for business though. Yeah. I forget what what I was just listening to. So I'm like, if you can't be loyal, if you can't be loyal to your women, you can't be loyal to your business, or you can't be loyal to your... It was something like that, like, how you are in real life yeah. is reflective in how you're going to be in your business. If you are a good person in real life, you're going to be a good person in business. If you're a dickhead, you're going to screw people over. If you're, well, what if you're fat? Is your business going to be fat? Yeah, full of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to eat all that bread, baby. Um... No, but like that's that's the thing on like self control and like discipline. Like that's a thing. You don't think when you're going to a job interview people are judging like all oh, these guys are a little chubby, but it's not self Yes, one hundred percent. They they do too much. You no know, discipline, like he doesn't know what he's doing. It happens all the time. It's like all these startups, like, oh he, he dropped out of Yale or he dropped out of this or he went to this school or he's that. Right. So if you had enough discipline to get into Yale, that means you've got enough discipline on a company. I get that, and that's a precursor. That's not a defining factor of, of someone that's started founder. But Dan's on Amazon. Oh. Dan, what are you looking on Amazon? You have, uh, you have wish, list. wish list. Wish list. Uh, I'm on the random section. And it's the random section. So I don't Dan, know what it's Dan, you want to tell everybody what you purchased recently? What'd you buy? Hundred of them. About oh. hundred beach balls with emoji faces. Yeah, on. about a hundred beach ball emoji faces. Why? So, uh, we're going to this Disrupt concert, concert, conference, <laughs> so concert, yeah. We're going, to, we're, we're going to this conference, it's a startup conference, there's going to be 500 startups there, and I actually you got this, TechCrunch? I actually got this, publication. Yeah. 
I actually got this idea from another crazy guy, but he suggested balloons, but he can't bring balloons. So I'm like, what's the next best thing? Beach balls. <laughs> but then one of the Amazon stores doubled their price since my, my uh, set of beach balls were in, in the cart. Mm-hmm. So it literally doubled in the matter of two days. So I'm like, all right, I'm not buying these so anymore. So tell them the idea of what the beach balls will do. Anyway, let me, let me get there. I mean, you're like, you're like back-ending the story. Let me, let me tell the story. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm give everything. It's back-ending. Yeah. People want to know the, yeah. the bread and butter. Okay. Yeah, right. So, as, a, a, as a, a, uh, Amazon's algorithm does, they suggested emoji beach balls. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is even better, right? <laughs> so, uh, I bought 100 of them, which they're like uh, 10 bucks for 12. Okay. Good price. And they're like, yeah. they're, like a foot, they're like a foot wide or long or whatever. So, you got, you got 120 of them? So I got a, I actually bought nine sets. Nine. So I got 108 of them. Okay. Um, and then I got numbered stickers. And then I got team stickers. Uh-huh. So I'm going to play a game with the crowd. And I'm going na- to number 50 of the emoji balls, one through 50. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to number the next 50, one through 50. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say... If you find the matching number in the crowd, you can come back and we'll give you a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. There's only three. So, so to give you some context, we're gonna be in a big exhibit hall with a bunch yes, of tables. So let me people. finish this. I mean you did you got a prefate, like you're going backwards in the story. I feel like uh Waleed's just taking a second to understand what's going on. Yeah, how do you okay, matching what numbers are what numbers? So the so sticker, the, the I want to put a sticker, uh-huh. a, a number on sticker ball. on the beach ball. Yeah. And say, Hey, your number is thirty six, uh-huh. right? If you find thirty six uh-huh. and you come back here, you guys will have a hundred dollar gift card to Amazon. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. So the point of this is one. Now there's a hundred people walking around with emoji volleyballs. All right. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be like, "Why the hell are these emoji volleyballs everywhere? Is this like some emoji startup?" Right. Mm-hmm. And then two, people are gonna ask, "Where did you get that emoji volleyball from?" And you're gonna be like, "You know what? I got this emoji volleyball from Changed. Changed this mobile app that helps pay down student loans. Is <laughs> going." Is raffling off a hundred dollar Amazon gift card if I can find the matching number. So I'm looking for number X, whatever, right? So you hand out fifty of them. Uh-huh. Let's say in the early to late morning, uh-huh. and in about two hours, you hand out another fifty of them. Uh-huh. And everyone's walking around with emoji beach balls. So you're gonna have one through fifty, but then the, the next fifty, you're just gonna have one through fifty. One through fifty. And and like you, so you have find one, your match. You gotta go find one. Yeah, but you so said there's only, so there's only you said, but there's only three matching ones, right? No, 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 no. no, no. There's three different the fir- drawings. The first three people that come back got it with a matching number. Got it. Got it. Okay, because I thought you were just gonna do just three. We should also set up something. Was like download the app today, and we'll send a push notification to your to your phone. Push notification to your phone. What does that mean? It's like, hey, number three, come to the table. It's like the first three that come up, that's going to be... Oh, yeah. hey. Oh, remember first of all, you'd have to get all their UIDs. They'd have to accept F- no, FCM we, we tokens. Yeah, exactly. So we just push it to everyone. Hey, you remember how you said QR codes are, are dead? Uh, the new update, you can uh, select that option. Uh, like in the, in the swipe down for QR Apple iPhones. Dead? Nick thinks that QR codes are dead. No, no I, I think they're making a resurgence. 
Oh, really? Yeah, because... I think we can, you know, we can, it's, we can it's, cope back no, it's to be, two months it's ago. Be, no, I know. I agree. I'm mean, yeah. like, I'm okay with being wrong. Yeah. It's because Apple allowed the camera to, like, uh, yeah, automatically it easy, scan. Yeah. They'd actually always... It wasn't, it wasn't as it wasn't prevalent. Always. So, like, you would have to download a separate app and scan it, and the, you'd have to open it within that browser. Yeah. Now that it's within the camera app, you don't even have to touch anything. And you don't have new iOS? Yeah. 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 If you swipe down... Well, it should be right here. You just gotta add it. What? The QR code option. You don't need to. You just use your camera. Oh yeah, yeah. My bad. But there's use like, your camera. So like we on our on our banner that we showed you, we have uh, a QR code on it. Oh, do you? That's a is that your first time? It opens up. It opens uh, up the change app. Is that is that the first one you've done on a banner? On a banner, yeah. And we also put on a business card. Oh, did and you? Plus, two of the companies we were we were working with alongside this uh, when we were out in New York the other week, uh-huh. they're. QR code based companies that are replacing credit cards and wallets with QR codes at retail locations. So if you have your Amazon... Uh, oh yeah, they're doing it out of China. So. Yeah. yeah, so they're, they're trying to bring it to America. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I mean, it's just like another Apple Pay. Right. Yeah. But Apple Pay exists too. So. Apple yeah. Pay is much easier. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what was I going to say about that? The guy who's on Shark Tank, wasn't he? The guy who okay. created the original like QR code. No, he created the scan app. Oh like yeah, Snapchat bot. Yeah. So the app that reads QR codes. Yeah, and then that guy's just living his like best. No, life. he he sold it for like a few million. But I think he's like he just is traveling with his family. I don't know what oh, he's yeah, doing yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. He's just chilling. What uh? So what do you think of my idea? I love it. I mean, yeah. it just it'll get the people talking. It'll get the people excited. I wish we could like hand out scroll like inflatables, but that would cost us thousands of dollars. Or, or no, no, like our was uh, with the plush dolls. Well, scroll like we need we need to raise this two million dollars so we can invest all of it into uh, scroll. Remember, uh, remember, Lyft you had those little uh, mini pink mustaches. Yeah, it's hanging up over here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get the you get the light up on it. You have I have the, the other one too. Little plush dolls. Yeah, you guys had to get little plush. Oh, scrolls. oh yeah, you used to have to hang it on the front of your car. Oh, like the big, the big, big one. Yeah. No, no, no. no. But I'm Remember talking, that? That was yeah. funny. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of funny. If you think that that wasted so much gas. Yeah, I noticed like it like the third. I noticed it like the second or third day driving. Yeah. Really? Do you Remember, still have I started. It? I started. Yeah, I do have it. You still have it? Yeah. How big is it? Huge. Dude, can you please? The car stash. Oh wait, you can probably sell that for like five hundred dollars on eBay right now. No way. People would you. do that. I bet you you can. Yeah. So they're selling the Uber emblem thing, the the like Uber round the light one, up? Yeah. lit up one. For ninety dollars on on eBay, and it's free for Uber <laughs> drivers. I understand. Yeah. No, they. I mean, dude, the second day, I'm like, this is uh, wasting a lot of gas because I'm getting no ventilation. In my <laughs> yeah, I literally had. I look. Yeah, it was overheating, and then plus I had to like, I, I had to refill gas like after like. Would you strap it onto? It had like wires. Fifty five dollars. The vent. Oh really? And then, yeah, you just. Hook it the, up the big vent. one. Can I ask you a question? Huh? What car were you driving? The Cobalt. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I could definitely see it. If it was overheating. It was huge. Yeah, it was I awesome. remember, like, they were trying to, like, make their marketing splash. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job with that. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm talking about the, the like, plush, like, the, the small ones. You know, they, the, they, those and plush is LED. No, no, no. They gave out little small pink must like uh, just as like marketing uh, material. Uh, okay. I like. I think we went to the Cubs game one time and they were like sponsoring right. to the Cubs and they were giving them out. Yeah. They're like they have little pink mustaches. 
Plush, I, you, you know what plush they dolls are? Invested, yeah, they probably invested like three million dollars to get those. Nice. What's that? Three million dollars? <coughs> no. I mean, that's just not cheap. I mean, oh, for them, yeah, they're national, but like you guys are just you guys. You. I mean, we could probably buy that. It would cost us six bucks a plush toy, and just there's no ROI in that. Everything's attached to ROI at this point. No, because people are gonna bring that home and they're gonna like have it somewhere and people are like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's changed. Let me download that app. Yeah, we don't have three years to get six downloads off that six dollar plush toy. <laughs> yeah. Not only you know, three per plush top. Yeah. That's worth yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's worth it. Actually, no. I mean, with our customer acquisition cost at the level that they are now, we just need. You'd be surprised that in home that in it, what what in home marketing would do. Uh, so back in my last company, we would talk about uh, I would be in like the 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 business calls for like. Um, upcoming promotions or marketing uh, material, and they were like very adamant about their corrugate. Uh, so the boxes that the popcorn came into. So you know, like you go to club stores, they have like the boxes. They don't give you bags anymore. You just like you'll pack your stuff with boxes to take it out. Marketing. Our marketing team was very adamant about making sure our tearaway boxes could be boxes that you could then take home. Yeah. So then you could like you know you leave in your garage, and so like that's yeah. always in your mind. You're seeing that box, right? That low and. And then it's worth a couple yeah. extra cents, right? Know? Yeah, they 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 uh they kept talking about well we could save money if we don't put our uh branding on the courier like no no we always have to have it on yeah that's smart and then the boxes always have to like be a tearaway that they can take home with them yeah. so yeah I mean yeah. think about it Nick as your CMO I mean, yeah, well, as your well, future well, CMO I I, I as we develop to a billion dollar a year revenue business mm-hmm. I think we gotta toss some money here and there and. You can you can do that you can be that much sooner as your future CMO I said you can do it much okay. sooner. Right. Yeah. Make orange acorns. Orange acorns. That too. That too. And then and then put a C on it for change, but it's also like the C is in sand. Yeah. Yep. There you go. I just did the black guy meme. Put right, his head. We're raising some money now, so get ready for a job at a fifty percent salary cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you do it? Fifty percent? Yeah. A little bit of equity here and there. For equity, too. I mean, there's there's an option plan, employee option plan. Yeah, but what's that? Stocks. Yeah, what's I mean, it's it's you have to buy in. It's more options than you get at your current job. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 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 and a billion company. Dude, I went to this. All right, yeah, let's negotiate. Let's negotiate this. All right? all right, options. So, <clears throat> so let's say we raise our Series A, uh-huh. and it's at a favorable valuation, which we're anticipating. Um, We'll, we'll reserve 5 to 10% for options. Just for me? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> for... Oh, shit. Yeah, fuck yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. No, for... Uh, for... I just want to invest... Just for the employee pool. So, like... I'm going to invest all no, my salary. An option is an option to buy. Yeah, so it's an, an option, option to buy. Price. So, essentially what it is... Buying. It's restricted stock that you buy at a price that is much below what the selling price is. So, like, you essentially get in now, and let's say the option to buy is $2 a share. Mm-hmm. The, the stock is currently valued at $8 a share, so you're making triple your money or whatever, or triple yeah. your money. And then if there's, a, there's an exit event or a liquidation event, you'll, you'll earn that. Okay. But you have to, like the thing with options is that you have to exercise them on the time when they're due, and you have to pay the $70 or whatever it is for the shares. Um, and out of the 10% option pool, Usually, for an executive position with someone with a lot of experience, they get you know anywhere between half percent to one and a half percent. Okay, I want this clause in my contract. 
if I five x the business through my own numbers, I want three percent. Uh, three percent increase in your options. I want three percent equity. If I if I five x the business. Talk to investors. All right, you five x the business right now. It's valued. At, I'm not gonna say it publicly, but right. So that's that's a pretty 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 nice chunk of cash. Uh huh. Is that um, is that worth more or less? Than no, no, no. So like, if no, no, I think that's a great. Like at this point, if you're five x in the business, like from today. Yeah. And if that happens, I think you deserve three percent equity. But you gotta do it on a budget. Yeah. You're like, hey, I just spent twenty million dollars yeah. on five x the business. Yeah. We're, we're not I... like Uber. Hey, everyone drives free. Oh, we had ten million more rides this month because no one paid for them. And like what WeWork is doing, I literally just talked to a broker for a WeWork space, and they had one hundred percent commissions. Yeah. One hundred percent commissions. <laughs> Just to fill their space, and now you wonder why we so were struggling. So you're you're paying eighteen hundred dollars for a fucking two person office. They're getting eighteen hundred dollars a month. One hundred percent year value. You don't you don't buy an office for a month. Yeah. I mean you can't. We work, but that's crazy. Twenty grand to sell a. All right. What if I just what what if I do all this and I max out my own credit cards? So it's not. An, oh yeah. No sure. Sure, but then you're gonna be in the same situation I'm at. Okay. I'm bitching at you for having too much credit card debt. Yeah, but that's fine. If if I know what I can do to five x the business, yeah. if you're not, if you know dollars. how to do it, I don't know why you. You also know that all your credit card limits won't get you far in five x. Not only that, if you yeah, don't, if you, you don't, don't think, if you know how to do the five x, I don't know why you're not doing it now, with all of your interest in the company. I got, I got, I got, I got a full time job. So. I mean. All I hear is what excuses. is that? What is that? Fifty hours a week? There's another seventy-five hours left in that week. <laughs> um, You're working part time right now, bro. <laughs> hey, you took my advice and you uh, you were slapping change tickets everywhere. Remember? Yeah, uh, in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm seeing the ROI right now. No, because <laughs> he needs to do them around college campuses. He needs to stop doing them in like metropolitan area, like. Just Dude, so when, when, when we went back to New York, uh, I put one right by the World Trade Center. It was gone. I took it down. It's the same thing. Well, come on. You put it on like a concrete brick. Yeah. I mean, it was like a it was an art piece, but whatever. Yeah, put it no. on Banksy. Uh, put it on a Banksy wall? Yeah. <laughs> on the little girl thing. Uh-huh. No, just go to, go, to local, go to Lincoln Park, go to DePaul, slap it on some... Well, Dan was out at... Uh, a UIC event, and I think that performed pretty well. I don't know if the ROI is there, but yeah, maybe yeah, long term ROI. Out. If we're, if our LTV numbers are proper, we only need what like five ten downloads. What happened to your uh, your college ambassadors? No, they're not motivated. They don't give a shit about student loans. We're not giving them beer money yet. Yeah, they got to sell. Like this is like the whole college ambassador program thing. Works for a certain type of business, so like White Claw. That'd be a great college ambassador thing, because they're gonna buy this shit anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, because no, no college kids think about their student loans. Yeah, I remember I signed up as to be a college ambassador for this uh, software program when I was at Western called Tune In or Tune Up. It was essentially, it's a software program you download and it'll name all of your iTunes songs because you know you would download songs 
and then have the name or artist in it, and it would just clean up your entire iTunes library. And they would pay you like five bucks for every person you get to download it. I tried so hard to get someone to download it. They're like, no, fuck you, man. I gotta, I gotta buy Keystones. I'm yeah. like, all right, see you later. Yeah. Gotta buy my drugs first. Maybe you should have switched it around. You should have bought a case, case of Keystones, cut it into like quarters, duct tape them like those convenience stores do. Yeah. Just be like, hey, I'm gonna give you a quarter of a Keystone case <laughs> if you download this app. Uh, I mean, Some bad idea. A thirty rack was what, like fourteen bucks? Keystone Light. Yeah. yeah. We were like the number one buyer of that in the country. Yeah. The best beer ever. Keystone. I don't have one for old times. You could have been. You could have like hosted a party. Whoever gets the most downloads, I'm gonna sponsor a keg party for you guys. Yeah, I could have got more creative. Uh, yeah, I was talk, young in my entrepreneurial days. Talk to the frats. Yeah. I don't want to talk to the frats. Talk to the fats. Talk to the fats. They'll go around and eat some food. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. Any other subjects we need to talk about? Are we uh, naming ingredients for the cookout for next, uh, in the two weeks? Yeah, so Scott... Let's do it for next week. Yeah, but we're not going to be here, so it's pointless. Scott, Hot Pockets. Yeah, Scott's dead, Well, Scott's going to eat Hot Pockets next week, but then we got to figure something else out. Well, we're going to eat Hot Pockets, too. Yeah, let's all get Hot Pockets. Yeah, we can't. Can we, like, at least have, like, a... I'm going to have have an English Hot Pocket or Shepherd's Pie. Shepherd's Pie! I'll I'll get a chicken pot pie. Okay. Chicken pot pie is microwavable, so none of us will. Be, you'll, you'll be in London. We'll be in um, Florida. Scott will be. Didn't you get chicken pot pie pies in Arkansas once? You did. You got those two frozen ones for like a dollar. They're gross. Yeah. They're disgusting. Well, dude. because I got the dollar ones. We didn't get like the better ones. So I went to Mariano's the other day, and they had like fresh chicken pot pies, like Mariano's made themselves. And I'm like, okay, you can order, you can buy them. I didn't buy them, but. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so oh, uh, like one more. Yeah. So yeah, two weeks. So uh, one more announcement. Shark Tank. Yeah. You guys, you guys oh, yeah. an update because I think we uh, won't. We won't be together shark. until after. So yeah, in two weeks, October thirteenth, changed. We'll be on Shark Tank to share an update, which uh, it's gonna be super exciting. Uh, you're gonna hear from Mark Cuban. You're gonna hear from Dan. You're gonna hear from myself uh, about. The, the progress we've made since the show. You're going to learn a lot of stuff about us, so make sure you tune in October 13th. Uh, set your DVRs and then um, and share with your friends and tweet about it. And the next day after that, we'll be together and we'll recap it. We will recap it, yeah. yeah. Let's let's play it live on the podcast. Just the update section. We'll oh, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've sent actually over a million dollars in payments since that episode. Yeah. No shit. So you guys up to six months? Since we recorded it. Huh? No, since we recorded it. Yeah, since uh, we recorded so it. So we, we claimed, what, four million? Three point eight. Really? That's all you yeah. claimed? All right, four point eight? In a little over a year since we aired, dude? Come no, on. you're past five mil now, aren't you? No, four point eight. All right, like almost four point nine. Four nine. Maybe we'll be there if we have two solid weeks. Keep sending boost push notifications. That yeah. works. It does work. I uh, seen Friday, it jumped up like, uh, I'd say 30%. Nice. Keep it going. Just a little insider uh, info from the Change Boys. It's just trying to help people save, man. Yeah. Gotta nudge. If you don't That's nudge, right. people will just sit there. Yeah. If you don't nudge, it's in the fudge. 
And it's really no additional cost to to you as no, the user no, because you're, you're still just getting yeah, paying just, a flat fee of one dollar a month. We're, we're eating those costs for you. Yeah, yeah. technically costing us, but we want to be there. All in the name of uh, student loan savings. Fucking God bless you guys. <laughs> Godspeed. All right. Uh, so next week we won't be together. Uh, like we said, I'm I'm gonna maybe try and record something in London. Uh, yeah, you sponsor uh, London Bears. London Bears and you sponsor <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, they're um, yeah. they're flying out uh, Walid out for a personal money and hustler recap of the game. I'm staying on brand because I'm still technically flying free. There you go. So yeah, poverty, poverty podcast. yeah, poverty podcast. Don't forget flying free. Yeah, flying free. Uh, thanks to our sponsor United Airlines and uh, the Chicago yeah. Bears. Yep. Uh, we're, flying, we're flying free tomorrow too So thank you uh, to our sponsor United yeah. Airlines Thank you United and Sandra The Poverty uh, Boys Appreciate you uh, Don't want to thank my cousin I'm kidding I thank <laughs> my cousin, cousin yeah. man. Shout out to my cousin Danny He's, he's keeping your uh, He's keeping your dreams alive He's fulfilling most of your dreams Yeah Alright uh, so you, you would not have The awesome mobile pictures You have today If it wasn't for him He's a <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just don't take any. Uh, take less pictures at the football game. Take more pictures in London. Yeah, yeah. FYI. I'm from London. It's like oh, Big Ben. All right. All right, yeah. everyone. That's the soda. Thank you. That's yeah. the soda. Oh, hey, what's up, Scott? Make sure Scott's woke up. I'm drawing on Joe Dills. Huh? What? What? Hey. What? Are you woke up. Scott's woke up. All right, guys. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good night. All right, yo, welcome back to another episode of Monday Night Hustlers. Um, yeah, so in tonight's episode, we talked about philanthropy. Uh, all those boys we talk about are... Um, We're all givers here. Yeah. If we had unlimited money, unlimited resources, what would we do uh, in our philanthropic endeavors? Spoiler alert, while well, would buy avocados. Yes, I would. Shout out to the homies down south. Um, what else did we talk about? We talked about uh, consultants. Why are they needed? And their worth. Yeah. Um, the relevancy of a consultant. Mm-hmm. We talked about being kind to one another and the importance of that. Um, Scott went on a, on a pretty... Uh, deep talk. Relatable, yeah. deep Scott's thought. Scott's deep thought. Scott's deep thought. Replacing the science subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about how I don't care if you like politics. Just tell me my shoes look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on. Uh, I pretty much talked about verbatim uh, a podcast I heard Howard Schultz on. He's yeah. the, uh, the 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 global yeah. icon. Yeah, the global icon that took Starbucks to the moon. Uh, so I pretty much just recapped the entire podcast that I heard of him. Uh, on the Corp podcast, so yeah, kind of Shout inspiring. Shout out A Rod, uh, yeah. a new sponsor, Alex yeah. Rodriguez. A Rod Corp podcast. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna next time you see me, you're gonna pitch him our podcast for his podcast. We might, we might see him in San Francisco. You wanna you wanna tell him like, hey, we know you have a podcast. We wanna be under your podcast tree. Yeah, mm-hmm. you buy our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the move. Uh, see, the thing is, we don't have a lot of listeners. We have a lot of quality listeners. That's right. You know? That's right. Everyone that's listening is a quality person that does amazing things, makes a lot of money, saves a lot of babies, just do great things in life. Uh-huh. And then... So listeners. 
Yeah, and then also I negotiate with Nick on a potential position at change. Yes. So be sure to tune into that. Um, see how our negotiations went. Talk about employee stock options. Great stuff. Uh, even more, more than that. Uh, I think I. You did make a good, good uh, argument. Yep, I made, I made a good uh, proposal. So tune into that and see how that that negotiation went. Um, and also Shark Tank. Uh, it's gonna be they're gonna premiere an update for Changed on October thirteenth. So be sure to check that out. And we'll, Sunday, set your DVRs. Yeah. It's worth it. And that'll that'll be when we're all back together again next week. We're in different areas, different area codes. Oh yeah, we gotta take a hiatus. No, we're not taking a hiatus. I'll have something. I'll have a little snippet, okay. a little uh, quick bite uh, podcast because we don't want to lose the streak. So we uh, don't want you guys to be bored on a Monday night. No. So hope you or enjoy Tuesday morning. You know what we should do? We should record these Sunday night so that the people can listen to them Monday night. They can hustle. No, because then we're not we're not hustling on Monday night. We're the they know. No, we can also hustle on Monday night, but we're providing the hustle for the Monday night hustlers. Okay, but I I I assume that the people who are listening know that we're doing this every Monday night, and they should know that hey, Monday night hustlers are hustling on Monday night. We should probably be listening hus- Tuesday. Yeah. Hustle on Monday, morning. but no, but they they know oh, they, they, they hustle. They while hustle on Monday hustling. night. They hustle Monday night, and then they know on you Tuesday. You guys better be hustling while we hustle, right? And then, and then it makes all makes sense. And then they it's listen to the next day, right? Okay, yeah, that right, makes right. sense. Right. Not that we're always happy, not hustling. Hope, happy Tuesday morning. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Happy, happy Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. That was a thing today. Uh huh. It's a pretty big event, right? It's like the biggest Jewish holiday. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, happy Rosh Hashanah. Hope you Rosh Hash and then you do some Hana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, enjoy your week. Um, we're four minutes into the intro. I think uh, people want to start listening to the podcast, huh? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, here it is. Enjoy it. Dude.